Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Go find out what it is. And there also must be a reason for why Taysom Hill and Rashid Shahid were not as heavily incorporated in that offense as you would have expected. And so we asked Pete Carmichael about that today, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, as, as the plays, obviously there's, there's more in the game plan for both those guys going into the game but it's just the way the flow of the game was going and that maybe they didn't get as many opportunities and so that's something that you know I can do again I can do a better job of getting those guys on the field more when he's, when he's serving as the backup quarterback does that affect you know the number of snaps you have out the four at all no I don't think it sh- I don't think it should it doesn't uh, I think we uh you know we feel really good when he's out on the field yeah so the the question I asked him there was you know whether when Taysom Hill is the backup quarterback, which he was serving as the backup quarterback in this game, which is what Dennis Allen said um, on Monday, Jameis was the emergency third string quarterback for that game. So Taysom Hill would have gone in if Andy Dalton had come gone down with an injury. But uh, based on what Pete Carmichael said, that did not affect Taysom Hill's snap count. And so Taysom had 15 snaps in this game compared to 23 snaps in week five. And it sounds like a lot less than it was, but you have to remember the Saints ran seven fewer plays in this game compared to the Seattle game. So Taysom was in on 30% of the offensive snaps against Seattle. He was in on 21% of the offensive snaps against Cincinnati. So it's not that big of a drop, but you know, it, it felt like he had less of an impact. Maybe it's because he didn't have, wasn't in on kick returns like he was against Seattle, but it definitely felt like they, they shied away from him in the run game in the second half. And it could have been due in part to the fact that after that 31 yard run, his next three carries went for, 
you know, two yards, zero yards, and negative one yard. Yeah, something also with Taysom we talked about while we did the, to see him throw more passes. He had four attempts, two completions in the game. We still are not seeing the pass catcher, Taysom Hill, really being utilized yet. And I just – it's a question for me. I don't know why his – his involvement as a receiver isn't being incorporated. No, and, and and to me, it's not even like as a like a receiver. It's just finding ways to get him the ball, yeah, so that he can do damage, right? Like I don't think you know you need to force him the ball downfield. No, so like right. if he's in a, he in a route combination and he's not open, you're not forcing him the ball. Like that's not what I'm saying. It's you know you design plays where the goal is to get him the ball in space. So it's like, it's not about whether he's open because the design was to get him, was was done to get him open and the ball is going to him, like, a, like on a screen, right? Like, why haven't you seen Taysom getting the ball on a tight end screen? I mean, like, like that just seems like, com- like, like just, just common sense that you would try to do that. He's your best athlete and you want to get him the ball with blockers in front of him. And it just hasn't been done. And... If I had one major critique, one major criticism of the offense at this point is it just has not been very creative. It has been very bland. You're seeing very basic concepts. Even the plays, they tried to get creative against the Bengals, and they just, you know, there was two plays where, you know, one, Taysom took the ball and kind of rolled out with Alvin kind of in the combination, and it was like, yeah, they're going to key on Taysom and Alvin why would you think that would work? It was one of those QB power sets, and so you had nine blockers. And re- realistically, like the only thing you could do was either have Taysom run it or throw it to Alvin. And there was five defenders standing there waiting because what else are they going to do but follow Taysom and Alvin? It was weird. You don't put the, anyone in conflict there, right? Like if you have Alvin going to one side of the field and Taysom going to the other side of the field, they have to make a decision on who they're going to follow. In that case, the only two players you care about are in one space and all the defenders are going to flow that direction. So that didn't work. And then earlier in the game, you had a, like a wildcat direct snap to Alvin. But again, you're not putting anyone in conflict. Every person on the defense is going to flow to Alvin. And so what, what are his chances there? I, I just think for a team that has so few kind of weapons healthy right now, you have to be creative. You have to find ways to manufacture offense. And I just don't think they did that enough against the Bengals, or at least not well enough. No, even after, for a guy even like uh, Rashid Shahid, I know he was doing right. stuff in the return game, but he had the one jet sweep, and I'm not saying we need to keep running more jet sweeps, but I thought he'd be fly more sweep. involved in the offensive flow. Yeah, it was, it was a fly sweep. Just subtle okay. subtle difference. But either way, yeah, I, exactly. Like that. That's the type of play where you're like, okay, you're finding ways to get people the ball, you know, in, in, in places where they can do something with it. You know, and the Bengals were not ready for Rashid Shahid. They were ready for QB power, right? They played it well. So you gotta, you have to have, you know, you have to have counters, right? You you have, you know, it's like you have a punch, and then you have a counter punch, right? Like like you you're doing something to set up a play, and then you have a a counter off of that play that takes advantage of the defense expecting something else, and it's that counter punch that you haven't had. Like it's the, the, the straight up, I'm going to jam it down your throat has worked. Yeah. What have you done to take advantage of that when it stops working, when they do load up to stop the run and where is the kind of creativity off of that? 
that's what you didn't see against the Bengals because they did like it worked early in the game, right? Like you ran. Yeah, it was working great. You had a seven yard gain. You had a 39 yard gain. And actually, I think about a 31 yard gain either way. And Alvin was running well in the first half. And so what Cincinnati did was they loaded up every time Alvin was in the backfield, fired off the line at him. Like they just went at him. They, they knew he, he was probably going to get the ball. There's no wide receivers and we're going after him. Same thing with Taysom. Like Eli Apple was never even considering covering on that on that QB power. He just went straight up field and found Taysom and, and decked him. And it was it was actually a great play by him. We yeah, I was give- really surprised he actually laid such a good leg. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, like we can give Eli Apple all of the grief that he can handle. That was a heck of a hit. In most cases, cornerbacks aren't even going to be able to make that tackle. Like the fact that he got to it was impressive. And the fact that he made it was impressive. He stopped Taysom dead in his tracks, right? Right. He had a rough game otherwise, but you don't see that happen very often. So you have to give him some shine for that. But yeah, I just think that's if that's my criticism of Pete Carmichael is I just don't think he adjusts in game well enough. And, you know, maybe... Maybe it's something that you gain as you go. Obviously, he hasn't been calling plays for that long. It's only his sixth game in that role in terms of being a full-time play caller. You know, when you're when you're in a one-game setting and it's an offense that was designed by somebody else and the other team doesn't know what you're going to do, there's no book on you, that's one thing. Now we're six games in and you're developing tendencies and you're getting scouted and you have to self-scout yourself and you have to figure out what your tendencies are so you can break those. I don't think that has been done effectively to this point. And I don't know how much of that in the past was Drew, how much of that in the past was Sean, how much of that in the past was Pete doing it for Sean and Drew. (laughs) Now it's all on Pete, and he has to do a better job of it. Yeah, and the thing for me, too, with this offense, I I guess you might want to give a little leeway to Carmichael just for the fact that it's been so inconsistent with see with injuries but I don't know I felt like the run game was working so well against the Bengals and they kind of got away from it and it got a little inconsistent Andy Dalton had an okay game but he he really struggled in the second half to get uh, the ball anywhere and I just I just thought that they didn't get enough back into the run game and for me I wanted more Taysom Hill I, I didn't think he had enough snaps the 15 were definitely not enough for me, and I wanted to see anything, especially like I mentioned before, just more of a receiving element to the game for him. Yeah, see, uh, you know, I think they ran it enough in the second half. Like I said, the the Bengals were loading up against it to stop it, you know? So I don't think you want to just, you know, bash your head into a wall. But, you know, one of the things that this offense has done well in the past is like, okay, even if it's not a traditional run, it works like a run 
and you are getting the ball away from the strength of the defense. So, you know, with those quick swing passes that Drew used to throw so often that you really just don't see anymore, right? right? Like, I don't think you saw a single, you saw one of those little swing passes. I think um, it was either against Minnesota or, or Seattle early in the game. And that's the only one I think I can see. And to, to me, that's kind of that extended run game. Like, like, I still count that as a run. I still count a screen as a run because it's a tendency-breaking run. I think that's where I want to see more. And, and it's like, like whether it goes in the scorebook as a run or a pass, I want the, the offense to force the defense to defend you in multiple locations. And to this point, it's like either it's just Alvin in between the tackles yeah, or or Taysom in between the tackles or Mark in between the tackles. You know, like you're not even running very many stretch plays. I haven't seen a ton of crack toss, but like it's just a very boring run offense and and it doesn't set up the pass game well. Now, all that is to say they've run for over 200 yards in the last two games. So, you know, maybe I'm overreacting, but I think that when you're a bland offense, it makes life a lot easier on the defense. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I mean, we're, we haven't even got into you know, the the lack of finish from this Saints defense last game. And I can't say that they were gassed or tired at the end. They just seemed so ineffective against the athleticism of Joe Burrow. Uh, they were able to get to him, you know, three for three sacks. But uh, in all, he was able to move his way around, get free. And I don't know, that that, that last play... To, to chase as well just seems inexcusable from a unit that was supposed to be this team's strength. And we've just seen uh, so many times that in the big situations, they've, they've let the team down. I've had a problem with the pass rush all season. I don't think that they're generating enough pressure up front, specifically in the middle. I don't know where a guy like David Onyemata has gone at all. I, I feel like his force hasn't been felt at all this year. And I agree with that. I don't think you've done nearly enough in the middle of the defense, in the middle of the defensive line. Yeah, I think the ends have been fine. I, ha- I haven't had an issue with the, the pressure from the ends, but you know, you have been getting run out the middle on. One of the one of the things that the Saints did in this game that I hadn't seen from them previously is they sent a lot of a gap pressure with the linebackers. Like you saw, Pete, Pete Warner, Demario Davis, Caden Ellis. You know, they all had sacks in this game and. I think that is a product of you don't feel comfortable sitting back in coverage and you know you're going to get picked apart because you know you obviously don't have a lot of more you know you're playing much softer defensive front in the back end so you're trying to force that ball to come out hot and so I don't know how much of that is the interior pressure versus the, the outside pressure you got to tackle Joe Burrow when you get to him like that that to me was a bigger deal than the pressure itself like you got pressure on Joe like the the play he was scrambled in for the touchdown, you you got pressure. He evaded it, and then you were unable to get him down. There was a third down and four, I believe, in the fourth quarter where Pete Werner and Demario Davis had him just down a barrel, and they kind of fell over each other. And Joe spun out and converted it for a first down, and that was on that drive for a field goal that made it a two point game, right? So like, yeah, I, I I don't know if the pressure is the issue more than like it's not composed pressure. It's not pressure that understands where it needs to be and how it needs to operate. Because pressuring a quarterback you know, only works if you actually end the play. If you get excessive pressure on a quarterback and then he escapes it, then you're nowhere near him, right? Because you have created a lane for him. And that's what happened on both those plays. And, and to me, it's 
like the contain was the bigger issue than the rush itself. But that's that still falls on the on the on the DN. So, yeah, I mean, that's a long, long way of saying I agree with you. I mean, a positive maybe, you know, we mentioned Peyton Turner earlier just to get another body into that rotation. But we just really haven't seen still much from him at all. Been been disappointing since, you know, he got drafted last year. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, you know, I don't have anything to say because he hasn't been out there. And another one, I I joked with you today. It's like, okay, he was back at practice. Uh, I I worried that with him back on the field, oh, my gosh, is Marcus Davenport around? Because I feel like you never see those two together. Yeah. Has anyone ever seen them in the same place at the same time without a helmet on? Right. Are we sure they're not just like running back and forth real fast? The um, lockers are kind of close to each other, but no, they're not the same person. But same size. That's true. No, I mean they're very similar players. <laughs> There's no question about it. And they're very similar in the sense that they haven't been healthy throughout their careers early on. But again, you have to give Marcus credit. We can we can complain about the production all we want. One of the biggest criticisms of that man is that he has been hurt throughout his entire career. He hasn't even appeared on an injury report this season he got his finger chopped off to be more to try to be more effective so you know you have to give him credit for you know taking care of his body and getting on the field and staying on the field thanks for tuning in to another inside black and gold brought to you by the lamarck automotive complex there must be a reason coming up we're going to have bo brack arizona cardinals reporter and host of the phoenix cardinals podcast phnx coming up right after this on inside black and gold